1: Obviously, Bridget, you mentioned Halloween. I think this might be a nice little time to maybe. Oh, oh wow, <laughs> wow! Now we're talking. The queen of the, the queen of the podcast. Um, what what was your was was that for a party you've already been to or that you're going to?
0: Uh, this or this are you, or are
1: you trick or treating? Which one is it?
0: I'm trick or treating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I still trick or treat. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
0: No, this was my Queen of Hearts costume. Um, the fan used to have more cards on it. Uh, I broke. The, I broke it. Um, yeah, I was Queen of Hearts. Nice. Have a nice well, crown for those of you who can't see it on <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening. I'm just. To I'm.
2: I'm, I'm, just I'm, 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 a, I'm being a, a, a 30-something guy who wears a soccer jersey and a, a, a hat from a brewery. So yeah.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I was just going to say. You're
0: killing it. You're nailing it.
1: I was just going to say, Bridget, I, I don't know how on earth you convinced Scott to give you his costume from last year, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'm glad he did. All right. So what I was saying, though, was um, maybe this is we can do a little a little fun Halloween uh, theme segment, you know, trick or treat Bruins edition, and maybe we each go around and just think of one or the other, either a trick or a treat regarding this Bruins team, or maybe it's a league thing. Um, maybe to go to give you guys some time, I'll go first for me. I'll go, I'll go treat. I'll be optimistic. I'm, I'm the optimistic one on this podcast. We all know that. Never. So, never. <laughs> so uh, I, I'll go treat. I'll say, look, obviously, you lose Bergeron and Krejci last year or this past offseason going into this year. You lose Taylor Hall, um, Tyler Bertuzzi, Orloff, Felino. No, you lose a lot of pieces, right? Well, they're still seven one to start the year. And you can say that they're deficient here and deficient there and that it could be smoke and mirrors because of a lack of difficulty on a schedule. But it's like, what do you what are they supposed to do? Lose because they're playing Chicago twice? Like they're they're playing NHL caliber teams and they're taking care of business and it's there's a lot of turnover and they're they're learning to to gel as a literally as a new team. Um so I'll say that's a, that's a treat. I mean, I don't think most people expect them to be seven seven one. Um, I want to say tied for like the most points of the first eight games of a season in their hundred year history or something like that. So that's a treat, and I'll and I'll start it off with that.
0: Can can I push that a little further as well? Is it a trick or is it a treat that they could stay as the number one team in the division and finish that way? I mean,
2: I'll put it this way. I'll say their schedule so far has been a treat to them. Um, you know, you could for a team that like coming off last year's disappointment, having so many new faces, so much turnover. I know like there's a West Coast road trip in there and that's that's its own challenge. So I don't want to make it sound like there hasn't been any challenges, but um the schedule makers definitely did them some favors when it came to starting well and getting off on the right foot. Uh, so in that sense, I'll say like their record being this great, you know, seven zero and one is, is a little bit of a trick, but they, they absolutely could like be the number one seed. They, they could win the division. They could have the best record. I don't think that's, I don't think that's insane. Like, I still think there's, you know, I think Toronto's going to be there. Tampa has started to play better after a slow start. Carolina's started picking up their last couple games. Rangers are off to a good start. Like, there's plenty of other good teams. I could also easily see them slipping to third, fourth, fifth in the conference. But, um, no, I don't think it's out of the question at all for them to be in contention for the number one seed. I mean,
1: we all know that offensively the Bruins are – You know, we think they could be a little bit challenged at times this year, but they've given up eight less goals than the second best team. Like the Bruins have given up 12 goals. Vegas has given up 20 goals. And there's another team I think that gave up 20 as well. But as it pertains to the division, the Bruins have given up half the amount of goals Toronto's given up. So I guess what I'm saying is we all know where the Bruins are deficient, but every team has their deficiencies. Obviously there's a couple of teams I think that are strong everywhere. Um, you know, Vegas being one of them, you know, Colorado, like, like Carol, there, there are teams and not everybody's played up to their capabilities so far, but as it pertains to the division, uh, I, yeah, the Bruin, their, their, their defensive team structure and their goaltending, it's so, it's so steady that, you know, it's, it's far steadier than Toronto's. Yeah. Toronto's going to be able to score more, but can they defend as well? So how does it all shake out in April? I don't, I don't know, uh, but I definitely think that that they're capable of of, of remaining atop the division.
2: Yeah, I would say you, you mentioned defense and goaltending. Like, I'd say goaltending another treat. Obviously, um, you know, it's because goaltending can be so hard to predict from year to year. It was fair to wonder if if Simon would be certainly as good as last year. I mean, last year they were like historically good. Um, you know how much of a drop off would there be? Would both of them get back to such a high level? And so far, they both clearly have. Um, you know, Allmark's Allmark's out there for the collapse Thursday, but I don't, I don't really think that was his fault. In fact, I think during that whole sequence where Anaheim gets those two goals late, I I think he actually made some really good saves. That you know we would have been talking about is like wow, Elmark really bailed them out with those couple saves. And then finally cracked. It's like, you can only hold on for so long when, when your team can't get the puck out and keeps giving up grade eight chances. Um,
1: so I don't, I don't put that on him,
2: but that's, that's the only time this year that either goalie's given up more than two goals. Like it's, it's crazy. So, you know, Swayman goes out and, um, has another great outing against Detroit only giving up the one goal. Um, made some other saves in the third period when Detroit was was pushing, trying to tie the game, trying to get back in it. Um you know, it was I, I looked up. This is this is classic writer move. If you look something up and get to the bottom of it, it's bound to get thrown out the window right away. Um so I had gone back if Swayman had gotten a shutout, would have been his second shutout in a row would have been the second time this calendar year that he had done that. So I was like, I wonder when the last time a Bruins goalie had had two separate back-to-back shutouts in one calendar year. And I got back, found it. It was Byron Defoe in 1998. And like literally like three minutes after I found it, Detroit scored. So I, I apologize to everyone. I apologize no. to to Swayman for for ruining the shutout. That, one, that one's on me.
0: That is. That's your fault. That's mm-hmm. your fault. This one's not as sexy, but um, the penalty kill has been a treat. I've only allowed one goal, and I'm, they're they're top in the league. They're at 97.1% on their penalty kill. Um, their power playing, not quite, but their penalty kill has been outstanding. Um, credit to goaltending and in, in defense. And some forwards that are really good penalty killers like Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zaka, Grind Marshawn. Like they have some of the best forwards forward penalty killers in the league too. So it's looked it's looked very good so far. Not as sexy, but also no. is it also can I take the crown off? <laughs> or you is, may. It, is it a bit much? Have I overworn it?
2: <laughs> you may no, too. I think I think you have to keep it till the end of the episode and we're gonna do forty five more minutes. So.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well it's starting to hurt. No, I'm just kidding. Um I'll
1: leave it on. <laughs> it ob- obviously it goes without saying. And we we talked about it for the first you know, part of the first uh, part of this podcast. But Matt Potra is an obvious treat. It, it's just so obvious. We didn't none of us have said it yet, but that's obvious. Um, Bridget, to go along with your penalty kill, I would say John Beecher has been a treat. Um, another treat has been the Bruins uh, all uh, alternate uniforms that they wear on original six original six nights. Uh, those are sick. Um, I, I'm not even gonna go with the uh the other uniforms right now. I actually don't mind the white ones. The black ones I still just don't like. Those ones are a trick. I don't I don't like those. Get get those out of here. But the third jerseys are great. And the white ones are okay. Any other any other trick or
2: treats with this Bruins team? Uh here's just a, a little statistical trick, I think. Um Derek Forbert is tied for third on the team with a plus six. Uh I think that's a trick because I just don't think he's he's been that good five on five. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it is a credit to the fact that like he hasn't been on the ice for many goals against, obviously that, that pairing with him and Shattenkirk hasn't, but if you dig a little deeper, like they have been outshot quite a bit when they've been on the ice. Um, so I think, I think you'll start to see that pairing on the ice for, for a few more goals against probably not as many goals for, but, um, yeah, that was a little surprising. Like, I I don't usually look at plus minus because I don't care about it all that much, but didn't notice that today that uh, forward is plus six, which is much higher than I, I would have predicted. Um, the dive into the advanced stats confirmed that it's probably a bit of an outlier and a bit of a trick right now. You,
1: you know what else I think is a trick right now? And it's kind of like the opposite of what you were just saying as far as a player that's playing well, that's a trick. Well... Hampus Lindholm, he must be a trick because he is – there aren't many minus players in the Bruins, but he is one of them. Um, minus two, three games and still with zero points. So I know he hasn't played as – I know there, there there are statistics that – advanced stats that will tell you uh, the contrary of what I'm saying, which is that he hasn't been great. I'm sure he's been good in certain – certain statistics but i think i think his lack of production with zero points and minus two um that's that's a that's a bit of that's a a bit of a trick for sure um he obviously is going to be much more improved in both of those categories you one would think as the year goes along
0: i have a trick i know a trick dan heinen got tricked he still doesn't have a contract (laughs) He is still with the team and doesn't have a contract, so he's been fooled all the way. So that's a different kind of trick. But
1: he—he's he, dressing up for Halloween as a, as a Boston Bruin, but yeah. he's not here on the team.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. He's two guys go down on the fourth line, and they call up Jesper Bopus on Oscar Steen, and he's just skating around like, guys, what, <laughs> what is it's, going on?
2: It's amazing. Like I. I usually even if I don't understand something right away like I usually can figure out the salary cap maneuverings and why things happen like Friday night uh, or Friday afternoon maybe a uh, friend of the pod Mark Diver tweeted out that uh, Mason Laura, and Jacob Zaborro had been called up and I think it was Boquist and Patrick Brown got sent down and like Everyone kind of freaked out. There's like a little mini freak out, at at least on Twitter. I don't know how far it spread, but like people were like, Mason ride time. And I was like, hmm, let's hold off for a second here. Like, I think there's something else to this. And ultimately, like I was able to piece together that it was because they wanted, they needed more salary on the books to get as close to the cap as possible before they put Milan Lucic on long-term injured reserve. The reason they do that is because once Luchich goes on however cl- like closer out of the cap that allows you to go that much more over the cap once Luchich goes on so basically if if you're right at the cap and you put him on you get you can go a million dollars over like his whole salary if you're 500,000 under and you put him on you can only go 500,000 over so i was like okay now i get that now that makes sense to me this Heinen thing there's got to be some reason for it but I can't figure it out like I, I've said before I thought maybe the Padra nine game thing had something to do with it so like maybe Tuesday or Wednesday it happens but I, I don't know exactly what that has to do like I would have thought Lucic going on LTIR would clear up whatever that issue was like having kind of the extra roster spots so yeah I don't I don't, I don't get it like I don't even have like a a an educated guess at why he's still not signed why he's just chilling hanging around practicing every day and and what's even more bizarre is like and we touched on this in the last pod was on Thursday he was skating on the fourth line in morning at morning skate and
0: yeah I were like I was at work I was doing the midday show and I'm like reading all of the you know, the reporting coming out of practice, I even put it in my trending. I was like, Lucic and, uh, and Lauko are going to miss uh, time, but Dan Hine and skating on the fourth line, like, we'll see if he gets a contract. Like, I literally put that in my trending and then it just didn't like turn into anything.
2: Yeah, it's, it's and and because Jesper for was that day, it skated before morning skate. So like, to me, it's like usually how they line up in morning skate are there lines for that night? So I was like, oh, this looks to me like Heinen's going to get signed. Focus is going to be here as the extra forward. Nope, still no deal. Saturday, still no deal. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe it's coming. But, you know, I'm sure... It, like, I'm sure he has to, they have to have some sort of handshake agreement because otherwise I don't know why he would just keep hanging around practicing without having a contract. But... It is weird, and like I wonder if at some point, if it drags on too long, does he just look elsewhere if there's anything else available?
0: I wonder if on Halloween he'll get a treat, because Monday is the last game to decide about Patra. Tuesday's Halloween. I don't know. Maybe Halloween. <laughs> he finds out if he's been tricked this whole time.
1: Uh, one. I got one last question for you guys. Has G- JBR been great so far this year? I think is that is that a is that a trick or a treat is that something that he we can expect for the most part of the season i think well yeah i'll just i'll, I'll let you guys go there's
0: one more okay
2: i think i think i think treat because i think he's playing like i don't think he's putting up points out of luck or anything i think he's playing well whether it's five on five or on the power play i think he's making good thing happen good things happen when he's out there he's he's around the net he's throwing some hits he's playing physical like he looks good skating with the pucks. So I would say treat, not just because he's he's playing well, but also because you have him for only a million dollars. And what we've seen so far is is a player who clearly worth more than a million dollars.
0: Well, looks like we had a lot more treats than tricks, really. So that's good. That's a good way I mean, to sum but- up the first eight games. <laughs>
2: They
0: they are 7-0 1s. So. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. More more treats than tricks. Sorry, Dan Heinen.
2: <laughs> All right, guys. Well,
1: um, that probably wraps up for most things Bruins related uh, over the last I mean, you know, we, we've been we talked about them the other day, uh, Bridget, when you were working, Scott and I de- did the last game. So we've covered a lot of tracks so far, a lot of bear tracks. Um Bruins should should uh should use that as a segment, bear tracks. Oh, no, what they do. I think, they, I think they, they do, is it? They do, they do, yeah. It's in the summertime. They follow all the players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, here's Jeremy Swayman in Alaska. Beer tracks. Um. Anyway, so do you guys have any uh, any other things to talk about here?
2: Uh, well, Joe Thornton retired, so that's, uh, I mean, he hadn't signed anywhere, but he also hadn't officially announced his retirement until Saturday. He put out a video in which he was shirtless, which is perfect. Just classic Joe Thornton. Um, you know, I obviously like it was so long ago that he was a Bruin, but I I loved Joe Thornton when he was on the Bruins, and you know, always thought that the way he kind of got buried in the in the media and by some fans, I always thought it was unfair. Um, you know, people point to like that 0-4 playoff series, and it's like he was playing with a separated shoulder; he was not even close to 100. Um. You know the the year they trade him, he wins the MVP with San Jose, and and was off to a very good start to his career when he was in Boston, and in San Jose took it to a first ballot Hall of Fame career, twelfth all time in points. Like I I wish he had won a Stanley Cup. That's obviously the you know the one knock that will always be on his resume. Um, closest he got was you know when San Jose went to the final and lost to Pittsburgh. But yeah, I just I always liked watching him play. I always liked his, just like his attitude about things, which I know is part of what some people ripped him for. Is like, oh, he doesn't seem like he sometimes he doesn't seem like he cares or that he's devoted or or whatever. Like he doesn't get fired up about things. Um, I always kind of liked that he he seemed to be the one like that San Jose team for so many years always had other leaders who were more serious, like a Patrick Marlowe or a Joe Pavelski. And I felt like he brought like levity and, you know, like the most famous one is when Tomas Hurdle came into the league and he uh, got off to like an incredible start and was scoring a ton and had a ton of media attention on him. And um, people like started criticizing him because he scored four goals and had like a, was like celebrating, you know, really emphatically, and Joe Thornton jumped in and famously said, "Like, if I had scored four goals, I'd whip my dick out, like something like that." And, and it was like, it's just part. Like, I just love like that kind of stuff about him. It's like, he, like uh, you want to criticize like the kid? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm. Let me step in here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Joe Thornton was. Uh, he definitely ha- say what you want about him in Boston, but. You know, outside of 04 he was never really on a Bruins team that like should have really won a cup uh, or 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 been close to it. Um, you know, for him, I, I would say his time in San Jose was more damning as as far as like a g- garnering a reputation for one of the best players to not win because from like two thousand six to twenty twelve or something like that, Sharks team had contenders every year and they always found a way to to bow out you know, relatively early. I mean, the year that he went to the Cup Finals in 16, that Sharks team, ironically, was actually not, like, that great cons- compared to the ones from his earlier tenure in San Jose. They just found a way to kind of get there. And then Pittsburgh kind of made relatively easy work of them. But he also got didn't even get stripped of his captainship in, in San Jose at one point, too. So maybe that's also why people were kind of, like, questioning his leadership skills. But, you know, if the people shit on the Bruins for – Trading him away for Marco Sturm, uh, Brad Stewart, and and Wayne Primo, and while none of those players, I don't believe, led to a future transaction that brought in a 2011 Cup player, like getting rid of Joe I, Thornton. I, yeah, go ahead, Scott. Do you think? I what I, think, what I was going to say was the. Um, I think
2: Brad Stewart might have brought in Andrew Ferenc, dude. Okay. Maybe I I, I didn't. I didn't look back in that, but I I feel like that might
1: have. Well, what it out. did what it did do though, regardless of like it, it 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 enabled you know the cap flexibility to you know eventually bring in Mark Savard and Zdeno Chara and you know so like like Joe Thornton moving on from Joe Thornton, you know Brad Stewart, Marco Stern, Wayne Primo, they aren't better than Joe Thornton. Obviously, he goes to San Jose that year and wins the MVP, but it eventually did lead to the you know a roster that won the Stanley Cup only four. And a half five calendar years later, so, yeah,
0: yeah, so my thought is that um now that Joe Thornton has officially retired and he's no longer in the running for that lost spot on the Bruins roster that Don Sweeney was waiting for,, uh, maybe heinen has a better chance. Could you imagine if he like signed for like pennies to come to Boston? I don't know how that would go. I don't I don't even know if he has any interest in coming back from the West Coast. Like would he have even had interest in living anywhere near here.
2: I, I want I wanted to make sure I looked it up. So uh, I was right. And actually it was two thirds of the deal. They, the Bruins got um, Andrew Ference and Chuck Kobasu for Brad Stewart and Wayne Primo. So that was the, that was the next deal. So it, It ultimately in a roundabout way did did land you a uh you know a piece in that 2011 cup team um i think that the very last thing to touch on here is uh obviously the 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 hockey world was shocked saturday night by the news that adam johnson who played at the university of minnesota duluth and played some games with the pittsburgh penguins in 2019 2020 um died as the result of a just a total freak accident while playing over in over in England, um, you know, took, took a skate to the neck and it's just just shocking and obviously just awful. Um, you know, we've, if you've been a hockey fan long enough, like you're, you're familiar with Clint Malachuk, the Sabres goalie in the eighties, who took a skate to the neck. I remember, Richard Zednick in 2008, when he was on the Florida Panthers, scary, scary injury. Um, You know, I feel like every time, like, something like this happens, and obviously this is very different because he died, um, you just wonder, like, how it doesn't happen more often, and you wonder if there's going to be some sort of change when it comes to neck protection, but, um, yeah, just just awful. Like, I, I think, it was like during the third period of the Bruins game when or when I saw the news that there was like a serious situation and they had evacuated the arena and everything. And you know, you're just you're hoping there's some sort of positive update. And uh, obviously there never was, and then very early Sunday morning was when his his team over in England confirmed that that he had passed away.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely gut wrenching. And um one of those situations like you mentioned, Scott, it's like you you do it does make you think like just just like how you know not not this but just like yeah it it's 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 scary it's very very scary and obviously all parties involved like in that incident it's just you feel for for the entire situation and it's it's there's really there's no words for it it's it's an app it's it's a you know it's tragic it's it's very 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 sad and yeah, you really kind of a loss for words, really. Can't even really comprehend that. That's that's terrible.
0: You see how many close calls there are too. We saw Lauco take a skate to the face just this week. So like there's close calls. I I brought up the Morgan Barron one. If if no one has seen what Morgan Barron's poor face looked like after he took a skate to the face, and think he had like 75 stitches. I don't know. It was a lot of stitches. Um, being a hockey player, he laughed about it and talked in the post-game press conference and with all the stitches freshly in his face um but you you see that kind of stuff happen and you like because people are okay you're you're kind of like oh that's you know you know they're just tough like they got through it but there are just so many close calls I remember back when Thornton uh, not Joe Thornton Sean Thornton was on the team uh he got one like real close to the neck that was and I've seen Bergeron have some near misses to the face like in the bumper position one time he got uh, landed on and skate came right up, like, cause he was going down to the ice, like falling towards the ice. Um, there are a lot of times where you see the replay, like in slow-mo and you're like, that was so close.
2: Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. You know, you, you knock on wood, like you would like to think at the NHL level, because there's paramedics on the scene and all all NHL trainers, team trainers, are trained in trauma care in addition to your usual hockey injuries. Um, you know, you'd like to think like the response is always gonna be quick enough and good enough that it never ends in death. But like you you can't guarantee that. And in 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 other leagues, and you know, we don't we don't know anything really about the situation in England. There's I know there's an investigation going on there and you know, I'm sure we're going to find out stuff about, you know, was there any chance? Was there, you know, should there have been someone available? It wasn't like, whatever. Like we we just don't know at this point, but we do know, like in other leagues, it's not, there isn't always that immediate resource of a trainer who's trained in trauma or paramedics who can be there in seconds. Like, so I don't know. I, I saw um, uh, Rob Chalmers, who does a great job covering a lot of Bruins prospects, um, tweeted on Sunday that several Providence Bru- Bruins players were wearing neck protection who usually don't, um, including Fabian Lysel, Jason Magna. Uh, I think there might have been one or two others he mentioned. And like, I do wonder if like you're going to see more of that players wearing it voluntarily, and I wonder if you're going to see leagues, um, you know, talk about mandating it or you know whatever because obviously it's you know it it catches your it catches your attention anytime one of these incidents happen but obviously when it results in death it's really you know another another level yeah and you
1: know as a as a player it's just something that you don't even think about normally right like this an event like this just really it, it it slaps you right across the face it's it's as a player it's the last thing on your mind when you're playing hockey that something like that could happen um you know i i absolutely hated wearing neck guards when i was playing it's like when i got to a certain age i was like take this thing off me like you know the velcro gives me a rash like it makes it it, it like makes you think it's harder to breathe when you're skating in practice like when you're doing conditioning it's like get this like you know what i mean it makes you feel like you can breathe easier um and and you, your mind just never goes there. It never goes there. And especially when you're playing, things happen so fast. It's the last thing on your mind. And and there's nothing you can really do from a gameplay perspective. Like it's you're always gonna have blades in your skates and the game goes quick. So it's like the only thing that you can do to prevent something like that again is yeah, like mandating, you know, net guards and stuff. And oh my god, what a what a what a tragic, tragic story it is. But um, oh my god.
2: Yeah, and I know and you know, I know at least Bauer and probably other companies, they make the the shirts that come up over the neck with like the same sort of cut protection you like you can have like around your wrist or, or legs. So there's different options other than just the traditional neck guard that you know we probably wore growing up. But you're right. I mean, like I you know, I mentioned the Zednik thing. Like to me, I, I guess like I was probably aware of Clinton Millarchuk before that, but the Zenik one was the first one I remember seeing and being like, holy crap. Like, like that's like an actual thing that can happen in a hockey game. Because, and by that time, like, I was 18 and I was basically done playing competitively at that point in my life. Um, but I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, growing up, it's like, never crossed my mind. Never thought about it. I I never had a close call playing. I don't remember ever seeing one. So it's just like out of sight, out of mind until it, until it happens. And it's like right there in front of you. Mm.
1: All right. Well, um, obviously, uh, that's a, that's a sad note to end on, but it's, it's, you know, it's a rel it's obviously, um, you know, it's, 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 it's current event and it's something that happened and yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very terrible. So, um, I guess we'll just probably wrap it up here. Uh, any, any final thoughts for either one of you before we, 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 we close out here.
0: Florida no. rematch that's mm. we what we have next so
2: yeah we'll be we'll be recording after that and you know we, we might take some questions for that it probably won't be a full mailbag episode but if people have any anything they want to send in um skatepod at wei.com at the skatepod on twitter or wei on youtube uh, you can leave comments on our video too
1: Excellent. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Enjoy. Have a happy and safe Halloween if you're doing something with your with your family or your, your kids or whatnot, um, or you're an adult and you like trick-or-treating yourself. There's nothing weird about that at all. But, uh, um, but anyway, thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you very soon.